0: Well, in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22, this is what what Luke writes. He says, When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons— Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This is God's word. Well, in 1963, recording artist Andy Williams had uh, dropped a single that would become one of the most iconic Christmas songs ever in history. Uh, It is, uh, just by its very title, uh, descriptive of what comes into our minds when we first think about Christmas. Uh, That song, of course, is, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's interesting to think about when this song first hit the radio. Uh, Some of you might remember the Christmas of 1963, that it certainly was not the most wonderful time of the year especially in our country. It hadn't even been two weeks since the uh, the president had been uh, assassinated in Dallas. Um, the country was still in shock. It was still mourning. It was still in, in fear. The Cold War was in full bloom, and, and uh, there was no indication that the Cold War was going to be over anytime soon. And so who knew what this meant for the United States relationship with the, Soviets, the uh, President Kennedy had wanted to get uh, all of our troops out of Vietnam, and so when he was gone, what, what does that mean for us and our involvement in Vietnam? And uh, Public trust in the government was waning, and in many ways it was right around the advent of 1963 that the, the spark was set that would, uh, that would sow the seeds for the rest of the, the chaos that would happen in the 1960s. It was a very dark time in our nation, Uh, Yet it was with that backdrop that Andy Williams uh, dropped this this single that it's the most wonderful time of the year. And even though that song uh, gets to be a bit much this late in the season, uh, it is a reminder that all of us need. Uh, Physically, we live in the northern hemisphere, which means that uh, we have really short days, not as far as hours go, but as far as sunlight uh, goes. It's the, the darkest point of the year. The solstice was just a, a couple of days ago, and, and many of us leave for work or for school in the dark, and, and we come home uh, from school or from work in, in the dark. Uh, it is a, a living metaphor for the darkness that some of us live in experientially. For many of us, we feel the acute uh, depression that comes with the lack of sunlight, For many of us, this this season is a reminder of what we've lost or what we've we've been through. For others it's a reminder of what we could have had or what could have been and wasn't. It is reflective of the fact that our world and our culture are rapidly deteriorating. It's at Christmas time perhaps more than any other time of the year that we need the light of of hope and it's at Christmas time however that we are reminded that the light of dawn often comes right after the darkest point of the night it's at Christmas time that we are reminded that God who is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything condescended himself that he took on flesh became a man and entered in to our darkness so that we could experience the true hope of forgiveness and redemption. It was also a very dark time for Israel when Jesus was born. They were under the, th- the thumb of Rome, who had taken the independence away from Israel uh, just around 60 years before. Uh, Israel had universal unity in its hatred of Rome and its desire for Rome to be overthrown and that they would go about uh, being self-governing again but they were severely disunified in how to go about this this change not only did they have this this geopolitical oppressor in Rome but they were also spiritually parched god's word had not been heard from a prophet in 4 Hundred years prompting many to believe that maybe God has in fact abandoned them, that He has left his people, and yet in the amid this darkness, there was this fervor uh, of belief that Messiah was going to come soon who would come and rescue Israel from uh, her oppressors and usher in god 's kingdom, but as it so often happens in our dark nights, God doesn't always come through in the way that we expected or even wanted. In the case of Israel, it didn't come with this mighty warrior king who would come and overthrow the government. It would come in a baby. He would be born to a very simple, poor, yet faithful parents. The birth would not come from a palace, but it would come from the boondocks, in our text today, we see just how God provides for us in the, uh, amidst being in a chaotic and, and challenging time. And he shows us this hope through an elderly man who had waited his entire life for this very moment. It was normal for a faithful Jewish family of the first century to uh, come down to Israel and to Jerusalem following a birth. And, and however, in this visit, the, the very ordinary Something extraordinary happened. Had Mary and Joseph not taken this journey, it's safe to say that we would not be here this morning. We would have no reason to hope today. So look with me again in verse 25 when it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So did you you catch those descriptors of this man? He was righteous and devout. In the middle of very dark and troubling times, he chose to trust God above all else. He recognized that no one and no thing in this world provides stability and peace and rest in this unstable world. Notice also that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation is used throughout uh, the Bible all over. And and, uh, more often than not, it's not translated as consolation. It's translated as comfort. This comfort isn't like being in uh, a warm, soft, snuggly blanket while you're sipping hot chocolate watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. That's not the kind of comfort that they're talking about here. This comfort here is an abiding hope it is a security, it is a safety, it's an assurance, it's a, it's a peace. It's not a well-wish. It's a conviction though, that though our world is falling apart all around us, we're safe and secure in the arms of the Lord. It's the same word that is used in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, which is the very first words that, that come out and handles Messiah. If ever you've gotten through that overture where it's all instrumental and then all of a sudden this blaring tenor comes. I'm not going to sing it for you, but the, the tenor comes out and says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity ended. Is pardoned, And so, here we have the consolation that Simeon is waiting for. That is the comfort and the consolation that you are waiting for and I am waiting for. Notice also that the Holy Spirit was upon him, which was very unusual for the time. The Holy Spirit only came upon prophets and kings until then. And here is Simeon, he's righteous and devout, he's he's anticipating the, the redemption of Israel, and the Holy Spirit is upon him, and because the Holy Spirit is upon him, he gets a revelation in verse 26, that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's salvation with his very eyes. Now, we don't know anything else about him other than these three things. We don't know if he was a priest or a computer programmer. We, but he shows up at the temple on the same day that Mary and Joseph do. And uh, as soon as he, he sees this young family, he gets a clue that this is the one that, that he had been looking for. This is the moment he had been longing for, and in verse 28, he goes to this young family, and verse 28 says that he took Jesus up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. In other words, this very moment was what his entire life was pointing towards. In his arms was the one that all of history was looking toward, In his arms was the promise of God to Eve all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And whether we recognize it or not, when Simeon held this baby, he was holding our life's purpose in his hands too. Though this baby had been brought into the world, it was this baby that the world had been created for and by. This child is the reason why you and I exist. We exist through him and for him. And in holding this baby, his life is now complete. In seeing this child, he recognizes that whatever happens in his life, whether it's triumphant or whether it is tragic, he knows it's all going to be okay. He can die in peace because, he says in verse 30, my eyes have seen the salvation that you, God, have prepared in the presence of all people. Now all of us come here with with different stories. Some of us have a lot of tragedy in our lives. Some of us come here today with a heavy load of guilt, some of us are dealing with maybe a broken heart or scary health issues. Some of us are, are struggling in all kinds of unimaginable ways. Some of us I mean some of us are preparing for some serious family drama here in the next couple of days. It's um coming together and uh, knowing that whatever the case, God is telling us today through His Word that when we gaze upon this child, we have the hope of Simeon. When we look at this child, we can have a a posture of confidence that he is going to see us through though the culture has lost its its mind and our individual worlds might be breaking apart at the seams there's a hope found at christmas time why because in this child salvation hope joy peace comfort safety forgiveness redemption mercy grace is here it's at christmas time that we cannot forget that hope is not a thing. It is a person. It is at Christmas time that we have to see that salvation is not a concept, it's a person. Rescue is not a thing, it is a person. And his name is Jesus. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in him. At Christmas time, this child is hope because he was fully human. He was a normal baby who cried, who got hungry, who kept his mom up at all hours of the night so she could tend to his needs. But he was also fully God. It's at Christmas that our Creator took on flesh and blood like you and me. He entered into our human experience so that he could sympathize with our every weakness. He took on flesh so that he could identify with us. He also took on flesh to do what we could not do, to be perfectly obedient to the law, and in doing so be our substitute. He took on flesh so that he could go to the cross and bear the wrath of God for every one of our sins. He took on flesh so that when we look to him in faith, his perfect righteousness is attributed to us. It is given to us in faith. He took on flesh so that if we look to him as our substitute, his work on the cross is sufficient for our punishment that we deserved. When we look to him in faith, his uh, being raised to life after three days of being dead is proof that our eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord that he has prepared in the presence of all peoples. Friends, regardless of whatever you're going through today, look at Christ through the eyes of Simeon. Hope is not a concept. See it as a person. See salvation not as a thing, but a person. When we do that in faith, we can go through anything in peace and joy. It is in Christ and in Christ alone that we find hope this Christmas. Friends, let's pray to that end.